This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. It's the quiet before the storm. With Big Ten Media Days on the horizon, it's an episode loaded with grievance, wild speculation, and Twitter question fodder like never before. You're listening to Can't Read, Can't Write. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Can't Read, Can't Write, the podcast that proves to Wolverines Spartans can talk. I'm Mike Jones, joined, of course, by my dear friend, Scotch. Scotch, how you doing? Scotch Brante. Uh, fantastic. I'm oh, really I forgot well. about that. What, uh, what's going on? Uh, what happened last week? Anything eventful take place? Uh, are we talking about news right now? Because no is the answer. But uh, last week you were... Live, I don't, I don't know how you're feeling about it. Live now. is right. We actually recorded every one of uh, every individual person's episodes uh, live. Um, we just did hundreds of them. So hundreds. perfect. Uh, yeah, you know, uh, sometimes uh, you have a couple scotches before you record. Sometimes you have a couple scotches while you're recording. Sometimes you have a good time. What? What's and the then, and then you uh, you got angry drunk and called up Alex Plum and fired him from the podcast. Mm. People have been asking. We wanted to make that announcement to Alex formally now. He cried. It was <laughs> embarrassing. Uh, uh, for those who don't know, Alex Plum uh, is a former, current question mark. TBD, it's up to him. It's up to uh, him. member of the podcast, but it is Kevin and I today, and we want to thank you, of course, for listening to the podcast. If we could ask a small favor, please share the podcast with Spartans in your life, rate, review, and subscribe wherever you get podcasts, and follow us on the old Twitter machine at Spartan underscore pod. And of course, if you want to send in a question, send in some musings, you can find us at can't read, can't write 1855 at gmail.com. Greg. Wow. Throwing the email address out there too. Oh, you, you want know, the structure of the show, Michael Jones? Well, I think the point is, is that we are so there's so little content this time of year in particular that we will take inspiration where we can get it. But yes, Kevin, show the folks what the show looks like. Well, this week. Th- this week? I'm Ron Burgundy. Uh, so first, we start with the Green Wall. Scotch, uh, Scotch, Scotch. <laughs> all comes back around again. Uh, <laughs> Where, uh, I know, what did you say in the open? That there's going to be an episode loaded with uh, grievance, wild speculation, and Twitter question. little overstated there because there's like <laughs> two things on the outline here to talk about in football. Uh, nothing to talk about in basketball. Uh, but then we're going to go off Grand River. There's even less to talk about there. Uh, even though, do you want to talk about, well, if we had Plum, we would talk about the Olympics. But we don't have Plum, so we won't. And then, let's we're going talk to about Twitter it. questions. We're going to the Twitter questions. Yeah, so. I feel like, is there, we can talk, you know, let's just, we're, we're this episode is going to be exceptionally loose. Um, oh man. If you thought Greg was double down on last week, you find out how annoying Greg is when he's sober. Trust me, it's worse. All right, let's start. <laughs> we got a beer. There's a shot at this. Yeah. 
<laughs> All right. So uh, we want to start with um, kind of maybe one of the, the original premises of the podcast was the idea that we might look back at some stories that, that happened in the previous week. And I think one of the maybe the, the biggest thing that came out in the past week was The Athletic um, published a, a piece that that interviewed several coaches. They ended up largely being in the, the Detroit area. Um, and it was it was co-authored by Colton Pouncey, which we've talked about before. I think Greg bashed him explicitly last week, even though we're big fans over here. Um, I just said that <laughs> he has no frame of reference for what he's talking about. Yeah. So, uh, Graham, thanks for, thanks for coming on the show. Um, but the uh, yeah, so Colton Pouncey co-authored it with Austin Meek, who is his counterpart, who covers the University of Michigan. Um, it was, you know, anonymous in that it, uh, you know, they sort of gave general credentials for for each coach, but but tried to keep their name out of it. Though some uh, super sleuths were able to zero in. Kevin, I thought the most interesting piece of this article was that it, it you know, it, at varying points there were a number of questions posed to each coach, but one was uh, specifically about the recruiting styles of each school, and and I think. What was surprising to me is that we've gotten this impression and there's been this narrative that in light of what happened with Curtis Blackwell, that doors have just been shut resoundingly in the Detroit area. Yeah, I would go so far as to say that was conventional wisdom. It was right. taken for granted that but it didn't Detroit seem that it was just closed off. It, that it didn't seem to be the case in this article that the coaches, some frankly, seem to think that they preferred the way that Michigan state did its recruiting. Yeah. Past yeah. and present. Yeah. So that, I think that was called out by two coaches that they, they liked the way that the MSU staff used to do things. I, I got the sense that w- there was one comment there that, um, certainly I enjoyed it from, a um, like it's nice to dunk on Michigan kind of way but i i got the sense that maybe michigan's recruiting pitch and, and rightfully so in some ways even though i think if spartan would say you can't do this but that their recruiting pitch is not that dissimilar to alabama's who just sort of doesn't do anything other than just say this is what we've done and it seems like michigan a lot of their pitches hey we're we're michigan yeah and i mean like you know certainly i will make fun of that as a spartan but that it, it was interesting that 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 they lean so heavily, kind of on their on their institutional prowess, which maybe that's exactly what they should be doing. But it, it was it was an intriguing article. Was there anything about it to you that was surprising or 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 you know worth commenting on? Well, the thing, the big takeaway that I will have from this article is that. You know, coaching in football culture in in Detroit is not a monolith. There was not a great deal of, uh, like, I I wouldn't say that they all agreed. There weren't, like, big themes that came out of that article to me that were consistent across each one of of the individual coaches. They all had positives to say. They all had negatives to say. Um, And if anything, it it was back to the regular recruiting conventions of like, it's all built on relationships. Getting in there is what's important. These are high school kids, um, you know, getting in with the parents and, you know, like general recruiting things were the ideas that were reinforced to me through reading it rather than, 
you know, X team has an advantage in this area and there's like just a wall up around things. Like I was surprised one of the coaches was asked what, what, uh, teams are recruiting Detroit the best. And they talked about Iowa and I couldn't name a single Detroit player that MSU has lost to Iowa. Now I'm sure, you know, a few of our listeners would be like, boom, X person, Y person. But like, I can think of tons to Penn state. I can think of yes. several to Cincinnati. I can think of, um, a, a number to Kentucky game, Kentucky recently. I can think of one from Iowa I was racking my brain when I read that. So, uh, like, it just goes to show that, you know, people have different perspectives on things. And I, you know, at the end of the day, the same kind of general stuff matters the most. So I, I did think that it, it, to your point, that, that sort of notion of general, you know, generally there's, it's it, it, like, it is what, it, you know, recruiting is what it is that, um, they did. There seemed to be. If I pulled a theme away, is that uh, while there were a couple coaches that seemed to lean, if you will, MSU, that a number were kind of like we're wait. We're, we don't hate what we see so far, but yeah. like we haven't really seen much. Be you know, with all the caveats that come with the entire past year that we experienced. Yeah. Um. So it it did seem that there was a bit of a jury's out on Mel. We like what we see so far. Yeah. Um, and, and that he's here, he's, you know, pounding the flesh, whatever, pressing the flesh, not pounding the flesh. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and so, mm-hmm. you know, right. uh, yeah, you're going to have to slap that explicit rating on already. Uh, so I don't know. It was, I think it's worth a read. The, the athletic continues to put out coverage that is worth paying for. Um, and this maybe didn't, it, this was more interesting if you're into this kind of stuff. Um, because I also enjoy the commentary on the they hate the non-committable offers that come to to kids. Yeah, I am in agreement with them on that. It is exhausting monitoring like, oh, X kid has an offer but is not committable. Y kid, like, yeah, that, and and sometimes so dumb. So for those who don't know, yeah, it, it, you know, a school sometimes will pass out an offer having not really been able to see. See that kid, or truly evaluate the kid, but they just see everybody else offering them, and so you know it, it can turn into this sort of avalanche of offers, or you know, a snowball effect. Um, and but you know, just because you got the offer doesn't mean that if you gave your commitment that they would take it, which is kind of a disgusting thing to do. And to one coach's point, it's it's particularly cruel to a kid who's maybe coming up versus a bit more established right? because you're seeing all this love thrown at a kid that, you, you know, it, it just, it, it was a, a perspective on, you remember how small the world seems when you're a high schooler that, you know, you're, you're full expanse and that it, it probably feels particularly cruel if you're in high school in so many yeah. ways. So that's, yeah. that's all it, it's worth a read, I guess. Um, if, you know, we joke about, uh, some of the recruiting stuff, but it, it was, it was worth a checkout. Um, the other article that came up this week, I think it was published today that ooh. I read and I thought was worthwhile. Uh, Chris Solari did a profile. It looks like the first part of a profile on Keith Appling, mm. uh, kind of going back, looking at everything that's happened with him post, uh, post his time at MSU. Now I, I have my thoughts on Keith Appling. By all accounts, 
he murdered a member of his own family. Um, but uh, I, I'm not suggesting that everyone should go and have sympathy for him. Certainly, I'm not sure that I do, but um, I, I thought that it was interesting kind of going back over what happened in that case. Um, so I'm looking forward to the other parts of that of that profile. Sure. Um, and I guess while we're continuing to just pitch work, um, Graham did have a touching column on um, set Mike Sadler and uh, Milan Hicks. I read that too. That was very nice. Yes. Um, their mothers and yes. the kind of bond that they've had and, and, you know, the tragedy of, of what they both experienced. So, so I guess we're just going to, or is, is this the show where we just read headlines? From? Yeah. Everybody go read these articles with us. They're great <laughs> articles. Uh, it is a testament to how slow things are, but next week is big 10 media days. So, uh, you know, who are the guys going? Has that been announced it, yet? It has not been MSU? announced. Wow. And you know the hype train is going to just start rolling as soon yeah. as media days come around. Are they going to take zero quarterbacks, one quarterback, two quarterbacks? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you, you see uh, Anthony Russo being on a round table for the Manning, uh, the Manning camp, and it's like, you know, eyes emoji. Um, is is this the big deal? But then you have the Instagram photos of Kenneth Walker working out with Peyton Thorne. Like, I, I'm. This is historically the time of year, and I think if I look back on when we started conversations about even beginning this podcast, it was this time of year when you start getting a little bit antsy for meaningful reporting, and you realize, oh, no one knows anything. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, these football programs are, they are all a black box and it's hard to get information out of them. Do you think Tucker will will wait until the, like, you'll find out who the quarterback is on the first snap? I mean, this is, uh, coaches do this differently. Like, this was something, for all of his strengths as a coach, this was, quarterback transitions were something that Mark D'Antonio handled terribly. Like, <laughs> yes. Dude, Dude still didn't know game five of the season who the starter was. It seemed like, or would just annoyed someone because they're they're older. Yeah, yeah. Which I mean, in, in fairness to Peyton Thorne, kind of seemed like what happened last year. But I don't know if that was a reflection on Mel Tucker trying to hold a locker room together. That that Rocky Lombardi might have just had more of the team. And yeah. was just, you know, maybe had less upside than Peyton Thorne, but like his skill set just fit better what the offense was trying to do in that moment. I don't that, know. And we we did see some snaps from Peyton Thorne early that season, and he, they didn't seem to me demonstrably better than Rocky Lombardi at that time. Yeah, it's what the Penn State game is where people started to think that. Right. Yeah. Right. So given the information at the time, yeah, no, know, honestly, I, I think kind that's of understand that decision when it was made. That's a good point because that Penn State game did kind of get people on the Peyton train a bit. But if you if if you go back in time to when we got the Russo commitment, the excitement around the idea that like oh we're we're moving past what we've got was was pretty convincing. It, it, I guess it's a testament to Peyton that he's made that conversation interesting. Yeah. And he's got a lot of time left, even if it's not him this year. 
Yes. He's he, still got plenty of eligibility. So he can be a solid two year starter, mm-hmm. which it, is really good in a, in a power five program being a, you know, a two year starter. It's hard to be a three year or almost impossible to be a four year starter. There are very few of those. So what's that? Didn't Cousins do four years? I don't. I think he was a three year starter. I don't think he was a four year starter. Did he, oh, so he just counted it when he I, I, his iconic sort of holding the four up um, for his fourth win over Michigan. Sure, that's um, when he was maybe of an unavailable player. Um, yes, unavailable <laughs> player. So uh, anyway, yeah. uh, we'll find out. We'll have way more football to cover uh, next week. Is there anything with basketball that you want to touch on? No, I mean, if, if people want to check out 24-7, some crystal balls got entered for the class of 2022. I think, you know, as, as content-deprived as we are, I think it's a good policy for the podcast that until a kid commits, we're not going to talk about it. Um, yeah, right. I like that. Let's so, do that. Yeah. Off-grid first, river? first off-grid river I want to talk about is I just was informed as we were hitting record the uh, rooftop bar, the Graduate Hotel in East Lansing, is now open. So I'm looking forward to that. Um, there's How many another, stories up is it? I don't know. 13? 13? 13? 14, okay. Something like that. It feels Pretty unlucky. High. Pretty high by East Lansing standards, we'll say. Is that a place um, that uh, is open in the fall? Uh, well, yeah. It's open now. It'll continue to be open until such time that it's you, not. You know, we're going to have to go there. Oh, we're absolutely going there i for sure googled the room pictures it looks like a nice hotel is all i'm saying it looks fine uh you don't have to stay there you know but we'll definitely stop in uh for everyone i want to make sure that i bring this up because i know most of our listenership has not been back to east lansing now at this point and probably something exceeding two years um so there's a lot that's happened downtown. It's exciting. Uh, if you can get down here this summer, um, you know, Ann Street is closed off. There's things going on. Uh, basically, all of the restaurants have outdoor seating right now. So it's a great time to come down to East Lansing. And there's another new option that has just opened for you to take, uh, I believe there are jello shots on the menu. Is this a sponsor? If it's not, it should be. Okay. Well, I'll, you know what? When I go check it out this week, I'll uh, put in a plug. All right. I'll see what they, um, anything else? Uh, Kofi Coburn returning to Illinois. What's the jello shot place? That's the graduate hotel. Oh, I think, I think they have jello shots on the menu for their hotel rooftop bar. So, Oh, (laughs) Okay. Yes. Uh, Coburn back to Illinois. Um, these are <sighs> elevated jello shots. We have to assume. I don't think these are the, like the syringe jello shots that you get. The, but anyway, graduate hotel. We're not doing this live. We'll, we'll follow up. Yeah. I'll live right. tweet my graduate hotel jello shot experience this week and let you guys know how that goes. Okay. Um, anyway, man, they've got, like a rock in there, like the rock. Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. All right. Okay. Uh, some of us have actually already been on the patio um, because uh, Plum just went and opened the door and we walked through it. <laughs> but It's a nice view. It's a nice view from up there. And it's going to be a very popular place and a place that 
on my walk home from East Lansing, from downtown, I will be stopping by a lot. They're going to extract a lot of money from my wallet. <laughs> uh, all right. So uh, anything else off Grand River you want to talk about before we get into the Twitter questions? No, let's do it. Let's right. do it. So I think it's worth saying that we wanted to, because one of the feedbacks, folks may remember, we we sent out a survey for some listener feedback. One of the comments was that we don't spend enough time on Twitter questions. So here we are, buckle up for three hours of Twitter questions. Yeah, you know, we could just have, have done that without telling them, without telegraphing it, but it's fine. Nope. Lift you back know, the curtain. Put, show show everyone our dirty laundry. Sure. Put the, put the timestamp on there. Put the, no. put the timestamp on there. You, no, kinda, you deal with this. This is your problem now. CTNTC uh, is up safe. first. <laughs> Have you ever held up a sign at a sporting event? And if so, what did it say? If not, what would yours say? Kevin, first to you, have you ever done it? Go ahead. I have not. Have you? I have not. That said, I think from now on, it should be tradition that signs are passed out to the entire student section when Michigan comes to East Lansing for football that just say, whoa, whoa, whoa. Uh, I had an idea once for one of the times that uh, game day was on campus, but I was too. uh, Bong hits for Jesus. Yeah, that's the one. Uh, I was too lazy. Let's just be honest. I was too lazy to actually do it. MSU was playing Wisconsin for this, uh, for this game. And I wanted to make a Brett Bielema juggalo sign who uh bert Brett, bert 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 Bielema, uh closet juggalo sign uh because when i see him he just seems like a juggalo uh which is i think something that i've already joked about on the you have before uh what about you what do you got uh what you i mean it's hard to it's it's honestly hard to beat that's a good one um I don't, I don't know that I've ever been so inspired to bring a sign. And I think that's probably a reflection of my height that even with s- a sign, no one would see it. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> I hate you. Uh, no, but that it is really obnoxious when people are sort of have visual obstructions when you're not particularly tall. Mm, um, yeah. You know, check in with your household. People I do. relate. People I do relate. Try to be aware of that when I'm like at concerts. Do you remember concerts? I do remember um, concerts. I do try to like check who's standing behind me and am I between people and what am I what am I blocking? Um but anyway, next up from CTNTC, if you could compete and be world class in any Olympic event, which would you choose? Uh, probably basketball so that I could play in the NBA. <laughs> that was exactly what I thought. It was like, <laughs> what's the most marketable of all of the Olympic events? And the answer is basketball by a mile. Uh, what's the the winter one with the skiing and the gun shooting and the other stuff? The, Isn't it just the biathlon? Oh, is biathlon? It? I thought it's just the skiing and the gun shooting. I thought it was just the biathlon. That one's fun too, you know, because you get to be, you know, you get to do a little ski, you get to do a little... A little shooting the gun. Is know? it? Is it? I, I think I probably would just do like downhill skiing, like uh or or jumps of some sort. <laughs> jumps, yeah. that's a thing, right? Jumps. Make you want to jump. Jump. I will tell you, there's a lot of Olympic events that I would have no interest in ever doing. I like mean, the skiing long jump. 
by the way. That would be one. How do you discover that you're good at that? Yeah, see, that's the thing is that I, I think it's you don't uh, right like you you discover that you like to jump and then you just decide you're going to do it. Maybe there's a certain sort of physical, you know, uh, your your measurables, yeah, that that you have to fit there's in a profile, like the way that uh, yeah. Mel Tucker has a profile. Yes. For- <laughs> yeah. So maybe there's a, a Tucker profile. Some might say for for being eligible, or you know, you just won't be good otherwise. Um, for I might do gymnastics. Ooh, yeah, you're kind of built for it. Well, let's not in okay. one way. Um. I would say as someone that's very mediocre or poor at basically all of the major sports, I've always wondered to myself, like, is there a sport out there or is there an alternate universe where a sport exists that I'm like naturally inclined towards it? Could there be such a thing? Is that just like, is there a sport for reaching the top shelf? Mm, Wouldn't that be just riveting television? Imagine, imagine reaching the top shelf. Competitively, <laughs> so cool, super cool. This actually might be better than some Olympic actual Olympic. Uh, but honestly, Olympic. Olympic walking. Come on, is that in there this year? No, it's is a it, are wait, we walking in Tokyo. It, I mean, it's COVID approved. Sometimes it goes away. Uh, I can never keep track on where we're at with walking because I think it it comes in, it goes away. They also they also tend to cut sports when um, America's just the only one who's good at it. Like, didn't softball used to be a sport and then they got rid of it? Uh, sure. Why don't they do that to curling? <laughs> why? Why does it only have to be about America? Why can't it be about Canada? The only country that curls. I mean, is that really a sport? Isn't there a rule of like if you? can comfortably drink a beer while you're doing something. Is it really a sport? Like I was just going to, I mean, it, it, what, what separates curling in a meaningful way from an arcade game? Uh, I mean, you get to, you get to glide on the ice a little bit, you know, but, you get to do a little glide. You get to do a little sweep. Um, but that's, that's about it. That's all it. That's, that's entirely it. If you're good at cleaning your house, are you good at curling? It's see the thing. One of the things that bothers me about curling is like, there's only one strategy, right? And like, everyone knows the strategy, like throw the rock. Good. If you throw the rock, good. you just, you're going to follow one set strategy? The problem is when you stop throwing the rock. Good. Isn't that also true of like a lot of ball based sports? Yeah, that's true. (laughs) The strategy in baseball is to hit a home run every time. (laughs) <laughs> what a boring sport hit a home run every time basketball shoot the rock good um next up from ctntc this is the kind of hard-hitting sports analysis that, that you subscribe come, to this podcast for come to can't read this is on for. you for listening this is not my fault yeah. you should know better by now we need to check the spotify data to see how far into the questions people tune this one out um next up from ctntc on College Football Saturday, what is the setup? How big is the TV? How many TVs, seating, etc.? He wants to be walked through it in detail. For for some of us, the TV is 
reality. So I'll leave this to you to answer. Oh, <laughs> wait. So where do you watch those games from, Kevin? Uh, from the stadium, Spartan Stadium in where, East Lansing, Michigan. Whereabouts? What section? The upper deck with the jerk guy. Okay. Uh, so, uh, Mm, I mean, I don't CT. It depends on where I am, but if I'm at home, I've got the yeah. one TV. That's it. Are um, you even allowed? Like sometimes Michael does not have TV privileges. <laughs> sometimes he gets relegated to to sub devices to or the, even the phone sub sub devices. Sometimes yeah. he's not. He's busted down even from tablet to just like imagine it in your mind. Yeah. <laughs> The AM radio is sometimes where he ends up. Just refreshing Twitter. Um, yeah, uh, though I feel like CT probably can relate to the um, kids. Got to reach a certain age before you can fully invest in the back in the 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 visual experience of watching a game. Um, I don't know how large the TV is in our home. It's what kind fun. of man are you? Don't even know the the inch of your TV? 60 something? I don't mm-hmm. know. We're we're right on top of it. I know it's larger than it needs to be for how far away we are from it. I know that it's concerning the size <laughs> of it. Uh just the one. We have a, a a nice sectional couch and a giant leather chair. Um food, I don't know. It, Miller Lite, is that a food? Yeah. All right, that's that's Does it sustain you. Uh, it, but the the thing is, is I, I normally just stand pace, um, occasionally lay on the floor. <laughs> okay. Like, like you're Larry bird at the end of the game. Like, like I just can't just, I, I just can't. I mean, this past basketball season, there was more laying on the floor than there historically had been. But, um, but yeah, sometimes I have to leave the room and I go into a different, I go into the sitting room, but um, my setup, sorry to interrupt you. No, it's fine. It was all really interesting, but my setup is actually <laughs> more interesting for the NCAA tournament. Cause that's when I get the devices out. Like there's the main TV that the most exciting game is on, but then frequently there are monitors set up. There's a, every laptop in the house is up. Like I Wait, want really? to have maximum basketball like action that opening weekend of the tournament. And it's just like, what, what's the name of that, uh, of the, uh, the NFL network channel red zone, where it's just like popping into the best games all the time or whatever they're about to score. I kind of try to simulate that to some degree, uh, with the NCAA tournament, watching as many ends of close games as I possibly can. You, uh, you sort of, put the the monitors all around you in the um uh why do I want to say Ron Burgundy when I mean Ron Swanson um mm. style uh you know when Chris Traeger has him in the 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 desk that has no outlet so he can spin around everywhere yes you've got that kind of situation going with yeah the command center yes um so that's a reference that people really need to be fully aware of <laughs> to make sense but let's move on sorry like Tom do you have food do you do food uh, we, we have a, uh, we have a goop, which is what, Soylent based. What's, what's, uh, what food's available where you watch games? Uh, we, you know, we, this is going to blow you away. We keep it pretty, uh, pretty staple, <laughs> pretty, pretty, you know, so you, hamburger, so you, you know. So, and so it's, it's, you have access to more than just steamed dogs and, and ice cream sandwiches. Yeah, occasionally. Uh, mm-hmm. All right. Next up from Sir Like Tom. 
Uh, nothing would be lost if you cut half the length of a football game. If you cut the length of a football game in half, yay or nay? Nay. <laughs> lost would be my my time commitment. Bro, this is a I'm old enough to remember type moment. I'm old enough to remember when football games were closer to two hours long than they were three and a half hours long. Yeah, but that, long. that has to do with commercials. Yeah. That's not, that doesn't have anything to do with the length of a game. Yeah, but she's motivated to do that because of all of the commercials. I mean, the, the research has been done, right? That action and plays are really only happening for like oh, yeah. 15 total minutes of an entire football game. Yeah, yeah. But so I would I would tend to agree that that college basketball has the appropriate level of time commitment to it. A right. nice two hours. Yes. Uh, although now that's starting to creep up a little bit. But anyway. Yeah. So uh, I think three for football is a nice number. Mm. You've got, you know, you got your noon game, your 330 game, your 730 game. Like that that provides some nice intervals for, for throwing back to the studio. But um, I... Football football only comes once a week, and it and it's it, the season is so short that I don't mind the time dedication. It's it's truly a thing that it, it's a thing that I get to carve out on my calendar for me. So don't take that away from me. <laughs> yeah. And what day are you going to be there seeing it live again? Uh, I've, I've forgotten. Yeah. Related, what quarter are you most likely to doze off during none? And why is it the third? The answer is the second quarter, though, isn't it? Yeah, because first of all, Sawyer, like Tom, uh, I think this podcast is pro drumline performance above all other performances. Mm, Yeah, the most important part of the band. And it gets you amped when they come out. Really, the band could just be entirely drumline and nothing would be lost. Uh, honestly, when when it's like close to halftime and I know the, the full band is going to perform, that's when I'm most likely to snooze. Here's here's why the second quarter is is the one, because at the beginning of the third, it's like a brand new game all over again. You're and either down or you're up. Yeah. Yeah. But but it's a brand hope, new game. Hope springs eternal if you're down. Or you're kind of worried about what's going to happen when they come out of the tunnel if you're up. And then, of course, the fourth quarter is the fourth quarter. And the first quarter is when everything starts. So it's the, the answer is the second quarter. Yes. Next up from Sawyer Like Tom Jonesy. <laughs> Baseball has gotten boring. <laughs> Sawyer Like Tom does not seem to be taking a whole lot of joy from sports. Just these questions. This is the wrong podcast for you. <laughs> Baseball has gotten boring, mostly because there just aren't enough balls that get hit into play. This is actually a very common criticism. I know you're a baseball fan, so this is perfect for you. What changes would you make to the game? The goofier, the better. So what's interesting is that, uh, you know, the the number of no-hitters this season in particular. Yep. Led to the shenanigans related to um, inspecting pitchers at like each coach now gets to to demand three times a game inspect that pitcher for for stuff mm-hmm. um, for tar on the ball or whatever it is yeah like, you know Vaseline what you know whatever I just I have a hard time because I like the game of baseball. Yeah. So 
you know, a pitcher doing a no hitter, that's an exciting game. If you're a casual, it's not. And I, and I get that. I really do that, that baseball has an entrance fee to entertainment that is higher than a lot of other sports. Yeah. Though, you know, in fairness, I think it's a lower bar than golf. I mean, I guess they hit the ball each time, but like, Jesus, people watch that. Oof. <laughs> NASCAR. Oh, I do that every day. Do like, you have anyone in your orbit that's like super into NASCAR? Uh, how far out does the orbit go? Like, I've got some ants who are super in NASCAR. Do you talk to them? Like, do you experience what no. they experience with NASCAR? It, it's been, it, I would have to live back in California again for me to experience that. Wow, it's so weird that your NASCAR ants are California ants. Um, not what I would have expected. California's a weird statement. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I like it's strange to me how separate I am from the whole concept of NASCAR. Like there's no one around me that watches NASCAR. My uncle used to back in the day, but I don't think he does anymore. Um, there was something I wanted to say about this. Uh, oh, uh, I've had this idea that if you just got rid of the pitcher's mound and they couldn't throw it as hard as a result, I wonder if that would make things a little bit more exciting. So, I'm the only person that has thought about this. There's been no research done on this. Um, no one else has considered it. I definitely haven't Googled it, but I can I can say with a high level of confidence that I'm the first one to come up with this idea. Are you describing fast pitch softball? <laughs> maybe. Maybe. Uh, which is an incredibly exciting game and is awesome. If you so like seeing the ball get hit into the dirt right in front of home plate a lot. Or awesome home runs or a lot. Mm -hmm. I mean, like, but that that's also a, a you know, I think maybe a, a bigger problem with with baseball as it relates to this notion that hitting the ball is what should be the driver of of enthusiasm and excitement is that unlike softball, that pitcher's only pitching how many games yeah. per season? Mm -hmm. That if you had someone who was able to actually throw more frequently, it would be a bit more of a, you would get people who are interested in sort of the, um, the defensive side of the, the ball or the defensive side of the game, which it, also it is worth noting that unlike all other sports, I guess, other than cricket, baseball is the only game in which the defense has the ball. Hmm. So you're you're complaining about the lack of offense, but it, in it baked into the game is that the offense doesn't get to decide what happens. Yeah, the driving action is defense, and so yeah. if you, if you don't like that about the game, then you know I know she wanted crazy rule suggestions, and I'm probably not the person for it because I just like that's the charm of the game is that the defense chooses everything and so that's yeah anyway that's what i got for you all right i'm yeah. on board uh you could always you know sort of like tom go oldie time baseball rules and go back to your greenfield village and uh that's that's some goofy baseball right there more bunting i wish bunting was somehow incorporated as a rule that would be maybe make it more interesting i don't know shorter base paths base paths that might actually shorter base paths may actually make the game more interesting. Mm. Okay.
Um, anyway, next up, Mama Maple Leaf. What is your favorite go-to hangover re- remedy? This feels like it sees you. Yeah, uh, I prefer the hair of the dog, Mama Maple Leaf. Pour some scotch on that scotch. That's uh, that's my approach. That's what happened Monday morning. <laughs> scotch, 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 scotch. Uh, what about you? Do you have something? Do you have like some gross concoction that you do? No, I mean. It- Truthfully, the hangover remedy is the night before. Get some. Oh fat. yeah, you got to do it at the time. Yeah, you got to you got to eat. You got to get some B complex vitamins in you, and you got to hydrate. Like I mean, there's there is no way around it. Um, otherwise, it is the biggest and grossest brunch you can find. Mm, just pour grease on it. Like a like how sloppy of a coney sauce can you put on my pancakes mm. with maple syrup? That's that's what I'm talking about. There we go. Uh, Next up from Mama Polif, uh, former Michigan State athletic director Mark Hollis has a new job to help lure key sporting events to Detroit. The Detroit Sports Commission announced Wednesday that Hollis has been named chair of the Detroit Sports Organization. Do I care? I don't. That was all part of the question. Uh, yes. Now, why am I bothered that I swear earlier, Mama Maple Leaf was using two spaces after the period, and I was very annoyed by this, but it appears now that she was not. Maybe Google Docs corrects this nonsense automatically. Anyway, uh, yes, so I, I'm, I, I think we kind of have a question about Mark Hollis later on. I guess I would land this way. Mark Hollis probably is not welcome back at MSU, which is complicated. I wish him well in life, though. Mm-hmm. And sure. so I'm excited. Mark Hollis was able to do those things for Michigan State. And I think Detroit could really use, I think Detroit could always use as much punch up as possible. And if there's someone that I believe could think creatively and then have the organizational follow through on this. Um, I would believe it's Mark Hollis. I, it, am I speaking out of turn on Mark here? I, like what's, what's your take? I honestly, I don't know. I, I have heard rumors about his exit. You know, I've heard conflicting uh, stories. I don't, I don't personally know what motivated him to leave when he did under the circumstances that he did the way that he did. Uh, I think the story will get written on that at some point. Um, and to my knowledge, it, it hasn't yet. Uh, if anyone has any additional information that they want to hit us in the, in the DMS, do do slide or can't read, can't write 1855 at gmail.com. Yeah. Um, but I, well, a funny thing I heard this week or last week is a little piece of Detroit trivia for you. Uh, it is the one city to apply the most to the Olympics for hosting to not get awarded the, <laughs> the games. So, Mark, you pull in the big one, my man. All is, I was going to say all is forgiven, but it's not. But you, that, you could really point at that. That would be great. Um, but this is exactly what he was good at when he was at MSU, right? This is his jam. Like, Put a basketball game in a big football stadium. Put a base uh, basketball game on a aircraft carrier. Can we you all know? agree though that that was terrible? The aircraft carrier. I thought it was rad. 
looking. I thought it was super cool. I know it didn't work out for a couple of reasons. There was that idea that he had where, uh, because Michelle Obama's brother was the, uh, was the coach at Oregon state MSU would play Oregon state at the white house at the, at the basketball court there on the grounds. Like would have loved to have seen that. That would have been awesome. These are the types of things that are his thing. So I'm not at all surprised. I, I think that he actually, um, this isn't really a job. I think he volunteered for this work. Uh, I think I read that, but um, that's why he landed at Nike uh, after, after he left MSU. It's this kind of stuff. Yeah. So I, I guess back to the question, do you care? I mean, I think he's good at this stuff. And if you like Detroit, hopefully he can make a meaningful difference for Detroit. I agree. I, right. Agree. Okay. Yep. Um, next up from Mama Maple Leaf is, uh, now that Russo, Anthony Russo, that is, is touting college hunks hauling junk. What unwanted items do you have in your home that you want him to come and help purge? So for those who don't know, uh, Anthony Russo's, to our knowledge, first, uh, name, image, and likeness endorsement is for college hunks hauling junk. Um, Kevin, uh, what would you like purged from your home? There's a dresser that he could take up here. There's um, there's a bedroom set that he could take. There's uh, don't I need to stay in that? There's a couch he could take. That's also for me as the backup. Uh, basically, everything that he could take, so I could just be like, no, Jonesy, sorry, no, no, no space, space here at the end. Um, you're gonna have to go pass out at the graduate uh, bar. Um, and just sort of, you know, that's your shelter. Um, what do you got? I mean, I, I don't know. Our, our basement's a disaster, so I, I don't know. I mean, it, yeah, there, there's a lot. Um, Anthony, haul Michael's basement junk. Yeah, just get up in my basement and haul it. just haul it. Um, uh, next up from Joe Ashworth. <laughs> What is the best and worst shot you've ever taken? For me, best is always an ice cold fire and ice. Half rumble mins? Rumble mins. I don't know. What, is that some kind of liqueur? What is that? Oh, yeah. Uh, it's the proof on it. It's pretty nice, too. Uh, I'm, you've had. Have you ever had a, a liquid cocaine? Probably. Uh, yeah, I think you've had it with me cause that's going to be probably one of my answers. So it's a 50% alcohol by volume. So it's a hundred proof. It is very, uh, it's a peppermint schnapps. Oh, okay. So, um, so that what he's describing is, is a nice, um, uh, that I've never had one of those that that sounds quite lovely. Wow. This uh, bottle is incredible. It, it, I will they, be getting rumple mints in the future. That it really isn't. It's a nice thing to own. Um, this is amazing. I cannot believe I don't already have this. <laughs> it's like, you know, uh, your casual grandpa has, uh, has peppermint schnapps. Your professional grandpa has. Rumpelmints. <laughs> This it, is it does have kind of a third Reich feeling to it, if we're being honest. That's fine. This is a thing <laughs> that they do well. Uh so it does say on this on this promotional material, authentic German. Yeah. From the Eagle's Nest right up. 
Wait, does it say Eagles? No, no it just okay. says authentic term. But there are Eagles on it. Uh, so anyway, uh, actually, honestly, uh, Joe, um, if we're doing sort of concoctions, a uh, a different version of that is liquid cocaine, which depending on your your maker has Sambuca and um, uh, Jaeger or it plus Rumplemints. Um, I forget what the other variation is, but it, it's a good time. Um, worst, I don't know. So there's my favorite bar in Philadelphia. If anyone makes their way out there, is a place called Bob and Barbara's mm-hmm. um, that has a Philly special, which is a for depending on the time of day you go is either $3 or $3 and 50 cents. You get a PBR and a shot of Jim beam. Yep. That Jim beam hurts every time. (sighs) Like it's just not good. It's warm. It's just not good. Are you familiar? It's amazing. Are you familiar with the uh, pickle juice after the shot of of whiskey? Uh, The Jameson. Okay, so it's specifically Irish whiskey, and yeah, pickle juice, a pickleback, yeah, pickleback. Okay, that's pretty good. That's pretty yes. good. Joe Ashworth adds in here his worst. Uh, he says oh, yes. his worst is a lukewarm shot of well tequila at Uncle Richard's after one a.m. I'm not familiar with Uncle Richard's, but this sounds incredible. Actually, I think Joe is on to something here. I think tequila is both my best and my worst shot. Sure, depending. Um, sure. What kind of tequila? What kind of salt? What kind of lime? Where in the, the night? Com- the company? Yeah, where we're at? <laughs> <laughs> the temperature I, of the tequila? The exact same tequila can be the best shot at the front of the night and the worst shot at the back of the night. You know, yeah. so um, I think that would be my answer. Yeah. No, that's uh, honestly that's fair. Um, I tend to just not. Nice liquor is meant for sipping. That's kind of where I am. Do you, I mean, we do. We uh, we kind of got in the habit of doing shots after MSU basketball wins at the end of uh, yeah, last season. I was superstitious and had to stick to a thing that was not good. Um, Kahlua. <laughs> yeah, I mean that was that seems like your my choice. Mistake. Yeah. <laughs> um. Next up from Joe Ashworth, uh, where I was going with that is I don't really do shots anymore. Um, I can't even, other than that, before that, I can't think of the last shot I had. Um, we're bringing that tradition back next year, but yes, go ahead. We'll do it. Uh, Joe Ashworth asks, uh, what is your all time favorite musical? Uh, so I'm not really a musical person. Mm -hmm. Um, I will. And I know this is so trendy, but it's so different. Hamilton was really good. <laughs> yeah, Hamilton was good. I, um, I, I I enjoyed the the cast album actually quite a bit. Um, so yeah, Hamilton's my choice. Um, I'm also not a uh, musical guy, but I I'm gonna go with the the old trendy pick of the South Park movie being my favorite musical. Uh, yeah, Heavy Sigh. You could have gone like Team America, World Police or something. Oh, but the South Park movie is better than Team America. I also, if I wanted to, you know, stick in that realm, I could have gone with the Book of Mormon. But I haven't actually seen the Book of Mormon. I've listened to it, but I haven't seen it. How was the cast album? Was it good? It was good, I thought. Okay. It's funny. 
you get a real you get a real appreciation for what it's probably like to see it. Oh, yeah. Uh, all right. Next up is Mike Jones, not me. Rumors have it Bill Beekman may be retiring as AD. Who's your replacement? Should we call Hollis before he orders a new desk chair? <laughs> this is a nice little tie-in. So we actually debated whether or not we were going to cover this subject uh, before the uh, before we hit play on the podcast. There are rumors. There are rumors that Bill Beekman is going to be hanging it up. They seem to be unsubstantiated at this time, correct? Yeah, I mean, he hasn't. But it does seem like the people that are talking about it are the type of people that wouldn't be talking about it if there was a, you know, people in the media are starting to talk about it in on Twitter and in their own different uh, media. So it's something to be taken a little bit seriously. Uh, in terms of evaluating ADs, I, I have no idea. Do you have like a Rolodex Jonesy of athletic directors that, uh, that you would make the call to there's there is kind of an error apparent um you know alan haller has been with uh with the athletic department for a really long time um and they're you know people really like him you hear alan haller stories pretty frequently i would personally prefer to go outside of the program so sorry alan but nope nothing personal truly but it doesn't see it's it seems like they should have gone outside the program last time. And it seems like there's still that opportunity to go outside the, the program. There's, you know, I think we tried to put lipstick on a pig when Beekman was hired and suggest that maybe this is a weird interim thing. And if he is really retiring, then he kind of was a weird interim thing, right? A, uh, an extended interim well, I mean, I, I got to believe that COVID maybe played a bit of a role in that. Well, he signed the the full-time contract before COVID was oh, even sure, a clinch sure. in our eye. That's true. That is true. Um, so I guess he made his money once out. I, like, I don't know. But um, I, I, yeah, I don't have, yeah, I don't keep up to date on, on ADs. I would look at places where, you know, lower level programs that have maybe grown something, I would look at some unconventional hires, though, um, you know, and I really, for the love of God, I would look at women. Please, please, MSU, consider seriously some 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 women candidates. MSU has already had a woman athletic director. I'm talking about right now. I'm just yeah. saying. Also, I, it didn't it didn't go great. That one. It did not end well, is my understanding. It was so, a little before my time, but. From the cliff notes that I've I've read. It cliff didn't go notes, great. that's sexist. <laughs> so anyway, no, uh, but I think to answer Mike Jones's question, as I said before, I wouldn't call Mark Hollis. I don't think Mark Hollis will come back. I think he's moved on with life and we don't, to Greg's point, we don't fully know. And that's part of the reason that I wouldn't call Mark Hollis. But it, why would you why would you pull the guy back from that? You don't go you don't go back to these kinds of jobs. Uh next up from the upper deck jerk guy. The upper deck jerk guy. Bam, bam, bam. Uh tell me Alex Plum doesn't look like an extra on Ted Lasso. <laughs> Wait, so have you seen Ted Lasso now? I have. I've seen I've seen season one. I know that season two is out or about to be out. Out to be about to be out. Okay. Uh, this week, this Friday. Season one was a delight. Big recommend. Yeah. Uh, 
Alex sure. Plum, ironically, has not seen it. Uh, with- yeah, I would say that he looks like a soccer chap. Sure. Yeah. I'm on board. Uh, I, yeah, I would, I would co-sign an extra. Um, so this next question uh, from the Epidemic guy is, what fruits do you go out and and pick rather than just buy already picked. This is interesting because I went fruit picking this past week. Wow. This is a really dull question made, made perfect for really dull activity. Hey, you know what, man? Like, I got a kid. You're, you're in Southern is, Delaware with a two and a half year old man. You do what you got to so, do. Something that people do with kids. It's just the way that it is. Uh, honestly, we got an insane amount of peaches, uh, oh. and it was fun and fine. I would not say that there's any fruits that I go out and pick, though, as like a as a thing I do instead of just buy already yeah. picked. I like the idea of being like, I want strawberries, but not of that like grocery store garbage. Yeah, um, I only go out get my own strawberries. Living in the garden state, though, there is a lot of uh, a lot of produce available. But um, yeah, no, I, I'm going to pass. Blueberries, not interested. Peaches, wouldn't do again because you're going to you're going to overpick on the peaches. By the way, you're going to overpick on the peaches. No one needs that many peaches. No, because we did peach muffins, we did peach cocktails, we did peach something else. Like a lot of peaches were had. You're you're a little overexposed with the peaches right now. In every restaurant had peaches in them. It was insane. Anyway, uh, next up from the Epidemic Jerk Guy, how do you take your coffee? Oh, straight up. Black. Good. Me too. Which uh, wraps up his questions. But I did want to point out last week he asked about Stephen A. Smith and then things went sideways with Stephen A. Do you think he knew the future was coming? Oh, yeah. Upper Deck Jerk Guy showing that. I actually don't know about this. What happened with Stephen A. Smith? Educate me. Oh, um, so Stephen A. Smith um, went on to say that MLB has a um, a star problem in, uh, in that they don't adequately promote promote uh, Shohei Otani. Okay. Um, but then also simultaneously criticized Shohei Otani for using a translator, um, which really kind of got like into the weeds on, um, you know, native speaking, not native speaking, um, you know, what, how you're supposed to present in a way that like is acceptable to other people and sort sure. of, it, it was not great. Um, he also, I didn't see the comments specifically. And so I'm genuinely only imagining, but he did say some unkind things about team Nigeria, <laughs> um, beating the, the United States in basketball. So, uh, Stephen Smith went on to do what I would actually say was of apologies in sort of our cancel culture world um, was one of the better apologies I've seen ever. Really? Yeah. I, well, he's, he's well-practiced in professionally putting his foot in it and then continuing to be relevant in sports. So yes. if there was anyone that was going to be able to pull something like that off, it also helps that his transgressions were not that severe. Yeah. I, well, I mean, there was a lot of, uh, I, I'm trying to remember explicit, specifically what the, the comments were in, in light of Shohei Otani, but, um, it, it was, it was not great. Uh, the, but it was at least, it did 
feel heartfelt and he didn't try and make any excuses. He's like, I really messed up and I upset people and I'm really sorry for that. And it was, it was a good apology and one that was worthy of, okay, you can move on. Uh, well, well, I don't, I don't want to speak for other people. It, but it, it seemed sincere enough and direct enough that it wasn't fake. So. All right. Get your notes app open, white man. Speaking <laughs> for everyone. Uh, next up, from Mr. Neurotic Pants himself, the Raymond Janes, who asks, what's the most humane Spartan dog way of dealing with mice and rats? Um, a mouse rat? Uh, you got to get a cat. That's, Whoa. That's, that's the humane a big, way. That's a big escalation. That's it, It's humane because, you know what? You didn't kill him. That's right. You just, you just got presented with them as a you gift. Introduced a predator into their ecosystem. Maybe it is a pretty good solution. Um, I live in an old house. We have had a mouse or two in the old house. If you have a mouse or two, you have eight mice. I have been told that, but I haven't seen them in years now. So you should get a cat. They're really good at hiding. Um, if that is true. There's a mouse in my house. Um, but uh, I uh, I didn't have a choice. I was told that we were getting a live trap, and that was that. And it did work. We live trapped them. So Where did you release them? So At the we, rock. We thought that we were doing a great job. We went over and we released them. Um, Into the Red Sea. <laughs> off of Trowbridge. Um, where, or not Trowbridge, but uh, Harrison where like those old married housing apartments used to be, but now it's just green space. Yeah. And then later we were told like, oh, well, they definitely just died there because they don't know that area. So they just died of starvation instead of, you know, just killing them humanely. So, um, yeah, I don't have anything for you there, uh, Raymond Chains. Cats. Uh, when, when it comes, Raymond asks, when it comes to Tucker, should we distinguish between what he does as a recruiter of high school jocks and what he does with the holy transfer portal. What do you think? What do you think about this concept? I think it's so it is kind of a, a question that I think MSU fans would have um, preferred, you know, when we evaluate this year's recruiting, this past year's recruiting class, I think there are some fans who would say, okay, but like, is that really, if you're looking just at the high schoolers, is that really his whole class? Mm. I mean, to date, he's doing way better with the college transfer jocks than the high school jocks. Yeah. So do you distinguish or, you know, because I think it's hard to say until, until we see time play out um, on well, do these high school jocks develop into anything? It seems that the staff itself distinguishes, right? Are there, sure. doesn't he yes. have people that are assigned to both high school recruiting and to the portal? You mean separately? Yes. 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 So, um, that might give us some indication, uh, the true professionals are, are separating them in that way. And it seems like, it seems to me that the recruiting pitch would be entirely different. So I can, I think it makes sense to separate them out personally. Yeah. Next are, mm, finally. From the Upper Deck Jerk oh, Guy. Second to finally. Second to finally from the Upper Deck Jerk Guy. This week. Go ahead. I don't, I don't, I'm going to get that name wrong. In an interview with Hiram Kautz. Oh, I get it now. 
I get what he's doing. Okay, continue. Coach Izzo and the Everdeck Jerk Guy reveal a new play scheme known as Search and Decapitate. Izzo later admits to having a restraining order against visiting Comerica Park. A frustrated Stevie Izzo is trapped in the transfer portal. Juco, maybe? Again, I like this concept. The transfer portal is a real ethereal space, and he can be trapped there as if between dimensions. <laughs> I Also, any speculation on why uh, Izzo is restrained from going to Comerica Park? Um... You know, my guess is he's a big Jim Leland fan, and he went one too many times trying oh, to find yeah. Jim Leland. Yeah. Uh, like, it just got weird. You know, the the first time he kind of let himself into the locker room, and Jim cl- has not been there in a while. And, you know, he just kind of continued to rely on his celebrity. Just walking into places like a, like a good, rich white man. And in all of us, we've glanced right over... Izzo in the upper deck jerk guy joining forces. Wonder twin powers activate. It's a, it's a true miracle. Yeah. I mean, this is a long time coming. I think we can all agree that this was inevitable. So, uh, congratulations, real upper deck jerk guy on your new gig with, uh, with the coach Izzo Mm -hmm. on, Mm -hmm. on behind the scenes. Uh, finally, from Mr. Neurotic Pants, why was Plum Alex fired from the podcast? I heard he was stealing. Oh, well, this is for you. You stole, you, you fired him. Yeah, he stole uh, my light. He stole my buzz. Oh, no, there's plenty of that last week. But um, he, he's not fired from the podcast. He seems to remove himself from the podcast much more freely than he used to before. It seems that you're not a priority to him in a way that he used to be back when we were all locked in our homes separately friends Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so uh he's welcome back whenever you know he can be bothered to grace us with his presence but we are surely going john wick on yali big time next up anthony garbert Roaster. Uh, which MSU games are you planning on attending this fall? Kevin Jonesy, Grack. Jonesy, which one are you planning to attend? Oh, man. What day am I coming again? How many times can we make the same joke in one podcast? That's uh, <laughs> is it? It's not Youngstown. It's No, it is Youngstown. Western Kentucky's homecoming. So I'm there for Youngstown State. Because you're such a Penguins fan. Can't yeah. get enough. And then, you know, depending on how life is treating me, and the season's going, maybe I'll shoot for the Penn State game. Oh, really? Well, I'm just thinking maybe there's going to be a crossover with a basketball game and I can get a twofer. Oh, all right. All right. And we have been thinking aloud about going to uh, oh, the Rutger for the yes. Rutger game. Yes, yeah. I forgot. Yeah. Uh, I would like to make up for lost time. I, As much as I can, I'd like to go to these games and hit a road game or two as well um i think piscataway could be one i think we had a conflict pop up with the bloomington game i'm not happy about that um i i so you're not gonna actually watch the bloomington game or well i we were going to be able to go that weekend but i think something came up and now we can't so Mm. we'll just watch it regular um and then usually i go to the northwestern game but i haven't really talked to anyone in chicago about that yet so uh you guys are listening in Chicago. Let's start text chain. Um, 
Next up from Garver. Please clap. Include me. Please clap. Uh, Garvard asks, am I a bad person for judging people for not getting vaccinated? It just frustrates me beyond all belief, particularly with close friends and family. Like, I get that it's everyone's choice, but doing it on some sort of political principle is so aggravating. Yes. Yes to it being aggravating. Uh, Are you a bad person? Uh, it, I think you gotta, you gotta be pretty certain that you know why someone's not getting vaccinated, right? Yeah. I mean, there are, there are, med- I mean, this would be a much better question when Plum Alex eventually returns. Um, is he, is he allowed? Yeah. I don't, probably we, not. We should talk after we start recording. We should, we should. Um, I mean, I feel the same frustration with you, Anthony Garbert. Uh, so, I. It bothers me a lot that there are fragments of the media that have seemed to be piling on to this uh, vaccine hesitancy. Certain Republican governors have even started calling out those uh, usually very friendly to them um, news sources. Um, That vaccine hesitancy is not founded in science. It is... Uh, a, a the driver of what is causing uh, LA County to return to a indoor mask mandate this week. And um, I, uh, what are the statistics right now? Uh, like 99% of the COVID hospitalizations are of unvaccinated individuals. Yes. Um, but so, let's keep in mind who's included in those numbers. It's, it, I mean, it's children. And that's, that's also really scary. I mean, yeah, I mean, it's not like you're making this decision just for yourself. There are still populations in the U S that have not been, uh, authorized for, for the vaccine yet who, so it, yeah. And, and I mean, it's, it, it doesn't help that, uh, a, a certain, uh, former political figure, uh, you know, said one way that you can show your undying lo- uh, love to that person is by not getting vaccinated. <laughs> and that person is vaccinated, by the way. Yeah, and that person's a piece of shit. Um, that but, person has had COVID <laughs> and is vaccinated. So, you know, I just... No, you're not wrong, Anthony. I mean, I, I just... It is... I do think we should be a bit careful because... um if if you can narrow it down to that sole reason, right? Like this is some political spite thing. Then of course that person deserves all the vitriol in the world because they're, they're making a choice to actively harm other people. Um, if there's a, a space to educate somebody, you know, Greg's been tooting this horn for a while. That confrontation is not the way to, to convince somebody to get the vaccine. So uh, it, that's, that's worth considering and remembering. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I share your frustrations again. Yeah. Particularly Anthony, you, as, as fellow dads who have a, a young child who's not eligible for the vaccine, it's incredibly frustrating. We, we, uh, my son just had a, a COVID vaccine or a, I'm sorry, a COVID test because, you know, you can't now we're in this place where, because the vaccine numbers aren't good enough that you develop a cough, you can't be too sure. So, all right, let's bring the energy back up with yes. the Anthony Garvert prop better of the week. Yeah. Who 
number of stars in the 2022 number, recruiting number of four class, stars number of four stars pardon me in the 2022 rec- recruiting class versus number of three and outs in the first half of the <laughs> northwestern game over under at 2.5 uh i really like this question i assume that the four stars are related to the footballs um so i and i assume we're going composites composite yeah so i think hear me out i think after some re-ranks we end up over on the four stars okay northwestern turned over a lot of talent particularly on the defensive side uh, but msu so bad at offense historically i'm going under i'm going under all right there it is i think those would be my answers uh so you're here to hear folks four star crazy and they're gonna put a thousand points up on northwestern <laughs> in so the start that text chain chain for hanging out with greg in chicago um all right, this is going to do it for, honestly, maybe our worst episode ever. Yeah, that's yeah, fair. I think that's I think that's fair to say. All right. Uh, we will be back next week, of course, with uh, Big Ten Media Days concluded. Hopefully, please, please, I need some storylines. Um, so that'll be it for us. We are very excited for, for football season to, to come. And uh, Kevin, go green. Go away, Michael Jones. That was to the Twitter questioner, Michael Jones. I hate you. I haven't decided if I'm going to say go away to you yet. Sit in it longer. Sit in it longer and let me know your decision. Go away, Michael Jones. Psych out. That was also still to Twitter questioner Michael Jones. Go go away, podcast Michael Jones. I don't know if this is a good bit. I'm pretty Just, sure it's not. It's not, but you know what? We're going to keep it. All right. Bye. Bye. <laughs>